0: My dear friend, welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to BQ&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion, and the Bible, and where we look at the world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I am Nikrita, your host, and I'm very happy to be with you today. Thank you for tuning in. It's always our pleasure to welcome you to our program and I'm inviting you to stay for the whole hour because we have um, prepared for you a few surprises and uh, would love also you to be part of this program. And you know that you can do that by sending a text message to the number zero four double eight double eight zero eight double one by SMS. You can bring your thoughts into this uh, topic for today. Uh, you can uh, ask a question. You can share with us because we want to, to see where you are at in regard to the topics which we present today. theme of the week is uh, Use and Abuse. Is there a place for biblical morality in the third millennium? And we prepare a few questions to look at uh, for the whole week, but today... We'll tackle a little bit this question. What are the foundational pillars of biblical morality? It's my pleasure to welcome um, our co-host uh, today in the studio here, uh, Pastor Will Moala. Good to have you with us, Will. Good to be in the city with you, Nick. It's always a pleasure. It's been a while uh, since yes. we came together uh, because you are doing some other days, you know, here on drive time, but uh, here we are now on Monday um, together, uh, looking at the Bible, looking to understand some of the questions which uh, we have in these days, and uh, what a great question to start the week with, um, uh, Will, uh, what are the fundamental uh, pillars of biblical morality? Because you see, when we talk about morality, uh, in general, you can understand all sorts of things. Well, um, look later as the week progresses, you know, we look at the questions like uh, um, God's design for family. Right. Uh, Was that a good thing or what? Because uh, when you look at the family these days, um, doesn't look very good. You know, Uh, (laughs) the the state of the family is not in the best uh, shape. (laughs) Um, And is biblical morality out of date? the question is there too uh, we live in a very modern age you know and uh, we may think that looking into the bible that's out of uh, date you know it's out of fashion <laughs> many people will uh, will have probably that um, uh, sort of uh, attitude and also we are going to tackle this one will uh, sexual sin right can it be forgiven or will uh, have to wait until um, uh, later in the week, to find um, some more answers to that uh, question. We'll, co- we'll conclude with the, the question, how do I give my children a moral compass? I think that's very much needed in these days, Will. Yeah. To uh, to get our children you know, on the right track. Because unfortunately, in many circumstances or aspects, the children are not guided by the family these days. They are guided but by, by everything else, but not the family, you know, yep. all the gadgets, all the media, all the whatever is there uh, can uh, have an input and uh, and uh, quite a strong viewpoint. In the life of our children, but hey, um, as I said, it's very good uh, to start the week together and uh, look at these questions. Don't be shy. Uh, jot down that number uh, if you like to send us a text message with a question or a comment in regard to to this. And the phone number again is zero four double eight double eight zero eight double one. Before we look at the, uh, into the Bible, you know, to find out what the Bible has to say about uh, morality, I was just interested just to uh, to look first uh, at, in general, um, what is morality? Hmm. And, you know, you can search, uh, the, you know, uh, some of the dictionaries, you know, about morality. But the, one of the question was asked, what would you do if you found $50,000 in a bank bag On the way home from work tonight, or when we go from here, from the studio will if we find somewhere a a big envelope or a bag with the amount of money, uh, what would you do? That was the question. Would you turn it and and hope uh, for a reward uh, or would you keep it for yourself, (laughs) (laughs) you know, Uh, or uh, would you just keep it for 24 hours so you could roll around um, in it for a while before you know, uh, returning it. Our answers, you know, speaks of our morality, of what we think is the right thing to do. And even further, uh, um, I read here, it says that what is good? You know, what, when you say good, you know, what is good? We must begin with the foundation upon which to build our understanding of morality. So let's begin with the definition, what it means to be good. After all, that seems to be the focal point of understanding morality, understanding what it means to be. Lots of things are referred to as good. Sometimes, you know, we say, oh, what a good food we have today. Sleep is good. Playing games and hanging out with, uh, with friends it's good also. Chocolate can be good. Well, I'm not sure for you, but um, <laughs> for me, is um, actually there are lots of things to be good. You know, I mean, is that morality to do the good thing? It's interesting that in the Bible, you know, once uh, our Lord Jesus Christ uh, was addressed like good uh, teacher. Yeah, he was. And even though he said nobody's good yeah yeah but only God you know interesting yeah. uh, answer because we can will we can look at this uh, what is good and then if we do uh, lots of good things we, we may think we are very good people and yeah. we are moral people
1: that's right
0: that, is that all uh, morality right now and uh, we talked quite a bit in the last few weeks about the conflict in Ukraine yeah and uh, you know different viewpoints is good what uh, Putin is doing there. Mm. He may think that's good, and maybe some other people who support him in this uh, um, invasion, yeah. he may think that's good. And if we ask the question, "Is that moral, what he's doing right now there? I'm hoping for your uh, answers uh, there, my dear listener. If you have any anything to share with us in this regard, please don't hesitate to send us a text message to zero four double eight, double eight zero eight, double one. But, well, let's um, start here again with asking this question uh, today. What are the foundational pillars of biblical morality? Yeah. Um,
1: so, firstly, it's always a pleasure to be with you in the studio, uh, Nick. And uh, today we're looking at a, a theme that we're looking at um, for us as a, a drive time team is the question, um, is there a place for biblical morality in the third millennium and i i would probably just answer the question straight and uh we would like to say yes there is a place for Mm -hmm. uh biblical morality and so um obviously we are faith-based we are christian uh broadcast radio station here in adelaide and across the country so of course we were going we are going to say answer that question in the affirmative but i think it's really a question that we want to kind of throw out to our listeners to kind of um, get everybody, uh, thinking about this, this question. You know, before I kind of dive into it, Nick, I, I just want to talk about this idea of a worldview because mm, I think it's mm. important we just look at this just very quickly before we jump into our, um, question today. Um, every one of us, uh, Nick, whether we realize it or not, for our listeners that are listening today, everybody has a worldview. And I like to think the simple way of, of explaining it, it's like a set of glasses by which we view the world. And so, um, a worldview, you, you could put it down to it's, um, a collection of attitudes, uh, values, uh, stories, and even expectations about the world around us. And what they do, Nick, is it informs our every thought and action. So to go back to your question, if you found a huge amount of money, mm. what would you do? Well, it depends on that person's worldview. It depends on how they see the world. So that, so I guess why I say that at the outset, Nick, is because, Every world, every person has some sort of worldview, whether they have thought about it, um, you know, or not, but we all see the world a different way Mm -hmm. based on our, how we were brought up, whether we had, say, a religious upbringing, where we went to school, um, things that have influenced our lives. And the reason I say that, Nick, is, Especially when it comes to a religious worldview, it's the same thing. And so, what I'd like to say to our listeners today is, every worldview has to answer these four fundamental questions. Um, Nick, when it comes to how to understand life, how to understand, um, you know, how we live and so forth. So, the the four big words that I just want to want just introduce today is the the, the notion of origin, mm-hmm. which is where we came from. Where did I come from? Meaning, why am I here? Morality, which is what we're going to look at this week, is how do we differentiate between right and wrong? Is there such thing as good and evil? And then the last question, the last word is destiny. So, so Nick, here's the four big ideas. Origin, meaning, morality, and destiny. And so whoever is listening today, whether you realize it or not, whether you've thought through it enough, we all subconsciously or or intentionally have some type of I guess, way in understanding these things. Where do we come from? Why are we here? Where are we going? And for our topic this week is this idea of morality. We'd like to suggest to our listeners today that Absolutely. In the Judeo-Christian worldview, there is absolutely a, a, uh, a, a, a morality that is prescribed in mm. the scriptures. So I just thought I'd say that at the outset. So, um, so whoever's listening, um, we all have different standards mm. in how mm. we govern our lives, how we think about the world, how we think about one another. And what we're trying to um, bring across to our listeners today is um, with the question, is there a place? I'd like to say there is a place, um, um, Nick, because... You know, obviously, you and I, we're believers here in this studio and our, our team, uh, we're all, uh, Christians. And so we obviously see the world and see this question through this, uh, Christian point of view. So bef- let's just jump right
0: in here. Uh, just uh, even before you, uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, before you, I was going to say, because you mentioned this aspect and it, I think, very important, you know, yep. the worldview, uh, and depending of, uh, your background. Yes. I mean, let's put it this way. I grew up in a communist country, you know, uh, and, yep. uh, you'll have a different worldview. In regard to somebody else who live in a democracy yeah. or in a it's free world, exactly, exactly. You know, and and I, I must say this: before I um, came across uh, the knowledge of the Bible, you know, right. and to understand some of the principles and things in the Bible, um, I could act or react in accordance with my upbringing. That's that's uh, correct. Uh, you Very know, good. It, in a communist time, it was taken everything from us. You know, even the land, it was taken away. And then you, in in a survival mode, you know, have to learn things, how mm. to uh, to get around, you know, to get some stuff yeah. to you. You know what I mean? That's right. Now, was that the correct principle? Right. But when you look in the Bible, and regardless of your upbringing, regardless of your culture or whatever it is, yeah. it's only one important point of view. That's correct. And that's why... With the Bible, it's interesting when uh, when you start to understand the principles of the Bible, because you'll see that the Bible talks not only about you, it talks about you, but it talks about others, and it talks more about others than yourself, and you learn fast. How to be a blessing for others rather than to be a a, a selfish person, a selfish individual. And that's what I believe when we look even at morality and all those questions which we'll deal with them during the week. uh, It's important actually to, to separate yourself from uh, some of the upbringing, culture, all those things and look from a, even from a neutral point of view, if you like, in the Bible to see what the Bible has to say and then to Take a, conc- a conclusion or a position, uh, because if you grew up as a strong Christian, again you'll have a, you'll yeah. have a position just because of that. That's right. Let's start, uh, Will, with um, with addressing maybe the, f- the first point. Sure.
1: So. I guess what I want to do in our time today, Nick, is um, address this question that we're looking at specifically today. What are the foundational pillars of biblical morality? So I kind of was just thinking about the, the question and kind of breaking apart some of the words. So I kind of, you know, there's some big ideas in this question, this idea of foundational pillars. And then obviously... Uh, the more pointed, uh, part of the question, biblical morality. So what I did was, um, I I looked on, I looked in the dictionary, um, Nick, and just for those, just to remind us of what we're talking about, we talk about morality. Morality in the, in the dictionary is defined as principles concerning the distinction between right and wrong or good and bad behavior. So it's like there is a distinction that morality says this is right, this is wrong. Uh, this is good. This is bad, and and, and I think what's so um, relevant about today's conversation, Nick, is that there are various people who have different uh, ways of you know coming to that conclusion: what's mm, right or wrong. Mm. So, but morality, in a general outset, it it's trying to understand what is what is uh, good or right and what is bad. Very interesting, Nick, is that when you talk to say uh, an atheist such as uh, world renowned professor of biology from oxford richard dawkins Mm. he said he's famously quoted as speaking along this topic he says and i quote that the universe we observe has no design no purpose no evil and no good nothing but blind pitiless indifference wow then he says dna neither knows nor cares dna just is and we as he says dance to its music so here is a world-class biology professor, probably one of the most famous atheists in our current contemporary culture, and he says, there's no such thing as good and evil, that we are merely just evolved species, and we're simply acting on our DNA, that, some, that there is no such thing as uh, good and evil. So I think there is a very relevant conversation, because what we would say, the Christian perspective would be, hey, hang on, there is something more to that, this uh, conversation. We're not just simply walking around following the dictates of our DNA. What we, what I want to maybe unpack today is that there are some very, uh, strong, I guess, anchor points or as our question states, pillars to understanding biblical morality. Uh, so, so here's what I want to try and offer our listeners today, uh, Nick. I've got, I'd like to suggest, say, four pillars of biblical morality. And uh, the question we're looking at today, what are the foundational uh, pillars of biblical morality? I'm not saying these are the only pillars, but I think these are four that maybe can at least start the conversation um, towards trying to attempt to answer that question. So, number one, I I really believe, Nick, that before we get into this realm of morality, which is deciding or trying to think about this idea of good and evil, Mm, good and bad, Because the question is framed from a biblical morality. So when I hear the word biblical, Nick, immediately my mind turns to the Bible. Yes. And who is the author of the Bible? Well, it, it's God. And so the first pillar I want our listeners uh, to share with our listeners today's program is, is we have to have the first pillar being a biblical understanding of God. Now, I think this is crucial, Nick, because depending on, like we talked, we talked about a few moments earlier depending on how you were brought up, mm. whether you believed in God or not, whether you grew up where your parents absolutely loved God or they absolutely hated God or maybe religion wasn't too strong in the house. You know, we all have varying uh, degrees of our picture of God by virtue of our upbringing. Sure. So here's what I want to say for our first pillar. Um, when we look at descriptions, Nick, and, and you would know this um, very well, is that when it comes to scripture the bible tells us something very very unique about god and actually well firstly that there is a god firstly mm-hmm. because that's how the bible introduces um that's how it begins its uh, words in genesis 1 that that there is in the beginning god created heavens of the earth so but the first pillar I, I would like to suggest Nick is a biblical understanding of god by that i mean is that the bible says in first john chapter 4
0: Verses 7 and 8 that God is love. Amazing, amazing passage in the Bible, yeah. Will. And it's interesting enough, God is not just a loving God. That's right. God is love he is in love. definition. Yeah. Because here is probably uh, what's very important, maybe, to look at regardless of how we behave. Or what we do, you know, yeah. we as humans, we are tempted to do uh, things in accordance with uh, whatever we encounter, you know, if somebody treats me nice, I'm tempted to treat nice, yeah, you know,
1: respond, yeah. but
0: if somebody it will step on my toes, you know, badly, then even if um, I'm a Christian, you know, sometimes we have the first tendencies to react, you know, but you see, God here is love and love cannot be other yeah. way. And it says amazingly, you know, in uh, John 3.16, uh, yeah. again, that God, God so loved the world, yes. the world yes, you know. Yes, yes, uh, God didn't say that God loved only, um, you know, the Christians. Yeah. Or God loved only, God loved the world. Why? Because He is love. He's yeah. not just a loving God. Yeah. You know, He's love in yeah. essence.
1: That's right. And, and I totally agree with what you're saying, Nick. And uh, I guess why I want to bring that up as the first pillar Um of biblical moralities is just stepping back before we touch on the question of morality is this notion that God is love. You know, God is the supreme ethic. You know, we talk about ethics today and here is the scriptures which I believe is inspired by God. And it tells us something about God, that by his very nature, uh, Nick, that he is a God of love. Um, there's many references that we could kind of share from the scriptures, but one that kind of comes to my mind is um, there is a passage in the Old Testament in the book of Exodus where God basically, Moses in, wanted to see God's glory. That's mm-hmm. what he asked. He said, show me your glory. And the, what happens is God begins to reveal himself through his character, his name, and so in Exodus 34, God reveals Himself as this God of grace, this who is long-suffering, He's kind, He's good, and so here's the thing, Nick. When we're talking about biblical morality, hey, let's just step back and, and before we talk about our, I guess how we are to live, and say, wait, what The Bible introduces us; it wants us to experience mm. this God who is He's loving. He is kind, he's gracious, he's compassionate, he's a God of mercy. So the first pillar, Nick, that I think it's absolutely fundamental that we need to kind of just lay the groundwork is th- this idea of God. And and I, and I what we're going to see today is the other three pillars really flow from this idea. Mm-hmm. And so our picture of God is so crucial um, to understanding and knowing more about God. Because, you know, Nick, we, we know people... Um, Based on their experience, um, some of them had a different picture of God. Some of them didn't didn't know God and understand God as as the God that's revealed in the Bible. And all you have to do, Nick, is look at the the various stories in the Bible of how God interacted with the Israelites, how God a- a- a interacted with the various biblical characters. We always see a God that's always. Um, pursuing people He's mm. a God of relationships mm. He's a God of grace And so I, I think we should just get that out of the way first Before we get into this idea of um, morality Is that God himself is described as a God Who, as you correctly pointed Nick He's not just a loving God Like, you know, um, demonstrating a particular adjury But he is the very essence of God, of love mm. And I think that is so important because we live in a culture where people are looking for love. I mean, young people listen to musicians talk about love and they're trying to express love. And wow, isn't it amazing that, that here in this Old Testament, here in the Bible,
0: that God is described as very much love itself. And, and to, uh, to go a bit further even, yeah. is not enough, uh, Will, uh, to just, uh, to have a knowledge of God. Absolutely, uh, you know, you need to have a relation with God to be able to yeah. um, to know that kind of love we talk about here. Yes, because if it's just on intellectual level, uh, you can know lots of things yeah. about God. You can know, but unless that is yeah. penetrating yeah. your entire being yeah. by having a relationship with God, then you can have a different <laughs> understanding.
1: Yeah. You know, yeah. I think, um, and what you're touching on is. Is quite um is going to come up in just a, a moment because you're absolutely right. It's not just an, a knowledge of God and an intellectual understanding. Um, there's there's a far greater um, purpose um, when we understand who God is. So so um so first pillar I want to uh, share with our listeners today a biblical understanding of God. And I just want to say to our listeners out there, if your picture of God is something different to what I've explained today, whether it's a bad experience at church or you know, you've just had a bad experience with religion, or you, you know someone that claims to know God in the Bible, and yet he he or she just absolutely lives the diametric opposite of that. You know, um, I, I totally understand because because one of the challenges in Scripture and one of the, the broader strokes of this Scripture is that we're living in a broken world, mm. and so um, don't want to go too down too deep that road. But 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 you know, we're living in in a battle. Um, as Paul would say in Ephesians. So, so, so here's the thing: Nick, when we look at the picture of God, we don't see Him as a harsh, vindictive, you know, ready to strike you type of God, as as some may have as a picture of God in their minds. We see a God of love and grace. So that's the first pillar. Um, second pillar, and by the way, it's all packaged because I'm trying to answer this question. We're mm, trying to look mm. at it: um, is there a place in, in and I think um, I'm trying to build my case, as it were, to get to the um, to to say yes, there is a place. So, first pillar, a biblical understanding of God. Second pillar, uh, Nick, is also a biblical understanding of humanity. You know, I think the culture today doesn't really highlight what I'm about to say next, Nick. Right, and that is when we look at the culture, when we look at humanity in general we don't really highlight what I believe is a, a more complete picture of the state of the human heart. Mm, See, mm. let me give you a quick example, Nick. I, I was just thinking this, just right now. We talk about the conflict in Ukraine and Russia. We talk about all the problems in of evil in the world today. I mean, look, we live in Adelaide. Every night on the news, there's just something happening. Young kids take stealing cars, going mm. for joy rides. You know, people arsonists just going down the street, lighting up people's homes, and you watch that, Nick, and you just almost scratch your head and go, how can people be like that? But here's the thing, Nick. The Bible tells us why. In the Bible, and I can share, as you can as well, Nick, because I know you know the Bible very well too, is the Bible paints a picture of humanity as originally was one in unity and peace with God. We see that early on in, in Genesis. But the current state of humanity, Nick, is, it's actually uh, a very bleak picture. Mm. And I, I think of Jeremiah chapter 17 where Jeremiah says that the heart is deceitful, it's wicked. You know, David the psalmist would say in Psalm 51 that he in sin his mother conceived him. Yeah. The reason why I bring that out, Nick, is not to make us feel all bad or everything, but to highlight the brokenness of the human soul. And so, like you and I, Nick, when we look at the news and we see all these tragedies happening across the world, going back to worldview, remember, mm. we look at it from one perspective of of what's happening from a physical, earthly perspective, if, if you want to call it that. But then, from a Christian worldview, we see that there's something far deeper than just the acts that we see on the news. There is a deep brokenness in society, Nick. And Jeremiah says that the heart is deceitful. Jeremiah t- chapter 23 says we can't change ourselves. And I remember Nick, when I was a young 20 year old, 23, kind of learning about these things, you know, there was a desire in my heart to change some of the things I was doing. Yes. But you know, if someone had shared with me, you know, Jeremiah, that I couldn't change myself it may have saved me a lot of you know a lot of pain and suffering mm. so I guess the reason why I put this as the second pillar um, uh, Nick is I guess to highlight that when we talk about biblical morality we're trying to talk about okay is there something is there good and is there evil is there you know right and wrong we would like to say yes there is um, in the Bible it gives us very clear um, principles there but uh, on the other hand I wanted to maybe take it a bit deeper to say, we as humanity are in a bleak position without someone outside intervening, and that's why the power of the gospel is so great. Mm. Um, So, can can I can we just share Galatians chapter five? Because um, I know um, we were discussing this as a team, and um, there is this text here in Galatians chapter five that, and we'll we'll come back into it into the fourth pillar. But um, the Apostle Paul talks about um, walking in the flesh and walking in the spirit. And basically, it's almost like saying, Nick, this is the way God desires us to live, like um, that we'll get to today, talking about the fruit of the spirit. Yes. But then he also contrasts that with people who don't walk in the spirit. And he would say walking in the Mm. flesh. And I can't help but think, Nick, that when we read the characteristics of those who walk in the flesh, to me it's just coming back to that That initial Brokenness and w- all we see in the World is we're just playing out The result of, of this Brokenness so in Galatians uh, 5 there um, I'll just, uh, just open it just here It says there in verse 19 to 21 I'll just share this very Quickly it says now the works Of the flesh are evident which are adultery Fornication Uncleanness lewdness Idolatry sorcery hatred contentions jealousies outbursts of wrath selfish ambitions dissensions e- heresies verse 21 envy murders drunkenness revelries and the like of which i told you beforehand just as i told you in the time past that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of god and
0: that's so, a nice uh, that's not a nice list there
1: yeah it and yeah absolutely and, and, you know the reality is that's the human condition mm. and I guess why Paul is speaking to say the believers in Galatia at, in this letter is he, he he's trying to show them that, that when you know God we're talking about morality here and I'm kind of maybe cutting to the chase here is that God desires us to live a biblically moral life and I'm, I'm saying to you Nick and to our listeners today is that You can try to live I guess a morally good life, however what that means to you. And look, let's just be honest, Nick, there are many people in our country in Australia, they may not say they believe in God, but they live they live the life of a Christian in many respects. Yes, yes. yes. They serve, they you know, my heart goes out when I watch, you know, the floods that happened recently and all those SES volunteers, you know, all in their bright orange jumpsuits, they're out in the boats you know rescuing people and you know that's that's living a biblical moral life now that person may not necessarily say hey i go to church and i i read the bible but
0: but you know i think there's something beautiful that i think what you're touching on here it's very important because uh, sometimes you can be sidetracked you know just on uh, you need to be a christian and you know sometime uh, you you send the wrong message yeah. by declaring that you are a Christian, <laughs> and show the list which you just read here from yeah. Galatians, uh, with all those things going on in life, because we are under this sinful nature. But the good thing is, um, and and probably I'll just pause here uh, we'll sure. uh, for a moment to take a message from uh, one yeah, of our yeah, listeners, yeah. because I think that's very relevant to what we talked about. Because we, you know, we shared that uh, example. If you find oh, a the sum money of one. money, yes, you know, yes, yes. what you'll do with yeah, that we and, had someone text in and, and the message is there that um, for me honesty is best policy Right. what a wonderful thing you know to be honest you know to pursue that honesty and uh, it says there uh, further that I uh, will find a way to return the money to the owner yeah great That's wonderful beautiful answer uh, you you see and again now I don't know about our listener because it's even an uh, um, um, unknown uh, yes. uh, message I don't know the experience of our listener uh, in terms of Christianity or God or, you you see, but that's a good thing. What I want to say here, Will, that we have in ourselves, even under this sinful nature, Mm. even though the list in Galatians, you know, pointed out to to that list of not so good things, but God, you know, put it in us, that creation, something Wonderful. Yeah, yeah, Something good. Now, if we allow the sinful nature to
1: just That's come right. out, to dominate, to, yeah. to
0: dominate yep. then we'll be like that list yeah. in Galatians, as you just said. Yep. And we are in a way, you know, we yeah. are uh, like that and we need to recognize that. And the best thing is when we acknowledge, we recognize our state and we ask God, for forgiveness, yeah, and the God which is not just a loving God, but God is love. Yeah, He will never leave you, will never yeah. forsake you. You know. Amen.
1: So, um, when we're talking about morality, um, yeah, I just was so so back to pillar one, understanding of God, understanding of humanity, and probably we probably express that a, a a bit longer, but that's okay. But two more pillars that I want to kind of highlight, um. So you've got the pillar one, um, biblical understanding of God. Uh, the second pillar I'd propose a biblical understanding of humanity, um, and then the third pillar is, and I think this really gets at the heart of our question today, a biblical understanding of God's will. Mm. You know, you know that that text in the Bible in Matthew, um, Nick, when that uh, someone came to Jesus and said, "Teacher, what is the greatest commandment?" And Jesus said, "You know, love God with all your heart, love with all your heart, soul, and strength." It says, this is the first and greatest commandment. And then he said, and then the second commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. And then Jesus said, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. You see, here's what I want to say to our listeners, Nick. And see, we're talking about biblical morality. In other words, is there a place to live the way God desires us to live? And I would say Jesus summed it up right here. In fact, you could almost say, Nick, that He almost summarized the whole of the the Bible in in one sentence, to love God and to love your neighbor. Mm. So we're talking about biblical morality. The greatest, highest ethic, if you want to call it, is love. And we find in Scripture that God is love. And I like to say to people is uh, a person who truly loves God, Nick, um, will love their fellow man because we, we see our fellow... When I say man, I mean like neighbor, whether regardless of their religious perspective or not. So I, I'd like to tie that pillar in, because if we want to talk about biblical morality, well, we have to start with a picture of God, and then, then we look at ourselves, and then we realize that God desires us to love him and to love our fellow neighbor. And I think that is at the real heart of what it means to be to someone who knows God and someone who wants to follow God.
0: I like so far this yeah. triangle, you know, like uh, to know God, yeah. uh, to understand humanity, yeah. and the, to see how to you can connect that, you know, humanity with God, which you are part of. Yeah. You know, we all are part of this um, society, yeah. you know, and it's important how we act. Yeah. And also I like um, the passage in the Bible, uh, you You quoted that uh, to love your neighbor as you love yourself yeah now that doesn't refer to a narcissistic uh, sort of love you know right. it's, it, it refers to the best you want for yourself that's what you need to pre- yeah. prepare prepared to do for others Amen. and if you do that, then I believe a uh, lots of things will be different in this yeah. uh, in this life I tell you is Okay, we'll take a break here sure. because I I just want to give um, also this book uh, yeah uh, our, our free offer for today, and it's a beautiful book uh, called Surprised by Love, and we're talking about uh, God and love and uh, all those things. Dear listener, this is yours today if you send a text message to zero four double eight double a zero a with the code sa thirty eight. S-A stands for South Australia, and number uh, 38, no space in between. And we'll be very happy to organize this book for you. It's uh, written by Elizabeth uh, Vieira Talbot, and this is the story of uh, God's love for his children, and you are one of his children out there listening uh, today to this program. Please don't hesitate, send a text message to zero eight double one with a code SA38 and the book is yours. We'll play a song right now and we'll be back um, here with Will in just a few moments.
1: This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You
2: may ask me Why do you serve the Lord? Is it just for heaven's gain? Or to walk those mighty streets of gold? Or to hear the angels sing? Is it just to drink from that fountain? That never shall run dry, or is it to live forever, ever and ever, in that sweet home I and mine But if I was living in a world of darkness, but He brought me the light. He's been my closest friend down through the years. And every time I cry, you know he drives all of my tears. It's been worth just having the Lord in my life. I was living in a world of darkness, but He brought me the light. If there were never any streets of gold, streets of gold neither a land where we will never grow this it's been a world. where just having the Lord in my life. I was living But he brought me the light You know I was living in a world of darkness But he brought me the light I was living in a world of darkness But he brought me the light
0: Welcome back. This is uh, Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A. we Nick Rita and uh, Will Moala uh, talking today about uh, what are the foundational pillars of biblical morality. That was a wonderful song also, Will, uh, uh, just during this break. Uh, if heaven never was promised, how would I act or how would I show love? Even as a Christian, uh, to talk about Jesus. I I thought that was a very interesting, um, song and will you took us, um, just before the break to a few steps here. Um, understanding who God is. I think that was very important then uh, to have a, a biblical understanding of humanity also. And then you just, uh, talk about, um, understanding what's God's will. And you're about to take us to the another step here, the fourth step for uh, for this program today, which will uh, will be like. So uh, just to recap
1: where we've gone, because uh, I want to share four pillars to try and answer this question: um, Is there a place for? Answer the theme. Actually, um, is there a place for biblical morality in the third millennium? And what are the foundational pillars of biblical morality? So, pillar one that I've um, that we've shared today is a biblical understanding of God that that the Bible presents God as a God of grace, of justice and mercy, and the God who is love. Mm. The second pillar that we've um, looked at today is this: the biblical understanding of humanity. And I just try to highlight that before we talk about this idea of of good and evil, that but by human nature uh, we are a broken um, people as a result of of sin and the fall that we we see described in the Bible, um, in the Book of Genesis and so forth. Um, and then we talked about the idea of God's will. What, what's God's will? Um, Jesus summed it up in in the Gospel of Matthew. Um, he, he said that it's God's will is to love God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then to love our neighbour as ourselves. So again, Nick, we see that love is the supreme ethic. Yes. It's the it's how we interact with God. Because God is a God of love, He loves us. He He desires us. He wants us to love Him. Not through coercion or be because we're forced to, but because we love Him. And and in the same way that God loves us, He He instructs us as believers to to love one another. Let me get to the fourth pillar and I probably just answered went into a little bit in that last statement. The fourth pillar I believe is a biblical uh, foundational pillar for biblical morality is a biblical understanding of the believer. I think here, um, uh, Nick, I wanna just talk just very quickly about um the role of the Christian. You see you see, in Matthew five in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus told the the people that, that they are to be light. He said, You are the light of the world. Mm-hmm you talked about Christians as being two things: light and salt. Light makes things brighter, and salt makes things better. And so, so here's, the reason why I put this here as pillar four, the understanding of the believer, because as believers, Nick, as, as people who desire to follow God, we desire to live a biblical in a biblical way, mm-hmm. and God gives us principles of morality um as expressed uh, through his characteristics and expressed through this understanding of God's love um we see it expressed through the law the 10 commandments which, which unfortunately um has been hijacked by some to to think that it's a it's a modus of legalism uh to try and live by its precepts but when you look at the 10 commandments for instance nick it is it is a document of love because yes. if we love God, we'll obey the first four as you've heard it being framed before. If we love our neighbor, we'll will we'll adhere to the last six. So again, that's why Jesus said um, on, on these two commandments, hang all the law and the prophets. But just coming back to this idea of the believer, I also want to um, just talk about First uh, Corinthians because in First Corinthians, we really see this idea of love, and I just want to just read it for our, our, our listeners today because it really gives us a practical picture of what mm-hmm. love looks like. And it says there, the Apostle Paul says, he says, though I speak with the tongues of men, this is First Corinthians uh, chapter 13 verses 1 to 7, he says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I've become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. Though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Mm. Here is the Apostle Paul. Now he begins to expand on love. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Is not puffed up. Love does not behave rudely. Love does not seek its own. Love is not provoked. Love thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And he says a bit more there. Um, but what a picture, Nick, of of love that that love is this this self sacrificing love that I see. An interesting way you can do this, uh, Nick, and you've probably heard of this as well. If you put love there and substitute with the word God, mm. it says the same thing. God suffers long. God is kind. God does not envy. God does not parade himself. God does not behave. So so love is the very character of God. And the reason why I shared pillar four as understanding the believer is that is that God desires people to, sh- to reflect his character, which is a character of love.
0: Which means, it comes in my mind, the passage in the Bible says that uh, Christ in us...
1: Yes, the hope of glory. The yeah. hope
0: of glory. Yeah. What that means... We may try on ourselves yeah. to be the best, to be good, which is important to try. Yeah. But if we don't have Christ in us, yes. which you just substituted there, you know, we put it that God is and uh, all that list. I think it's very, very important. And you know what? Well, when I was looking at this, uh, yeah. we live in this time of use and abuse everything. Yes. You know yes. what I mean? Yes. It's, take it now, get it now. Whatever will happen, you know, later on. I mean, is there a place for biblical morality, for just a few simple things which we just learned today, yeah. that we need to understand who God is, yeah. that we need to understand the state of humanity, yeah. and the, the effect of sin in our life, and the reaction, the chain reaction of sin, and we read that list in Galatians, you know. Um, but that's not only uh, bad news here, you know. The good news is yeah. that God has in place, a plan for you and for me. Yeah. And I believe that's where you, you wanted to, you know, to kind of conclude with this, you know, uh, uh, understanding, uh, you know, where is our place as yeah. a believer?
1: That's you right. You know,
0: and not to be just a, uh, just to so-called Christian. Yeah. Maybe sometimes it's even better not to say that you are a Christian <laughs> and act like a Christian. Yeah. Be like a yeah. Christian <laughs> rather than just say that you are a Christian and act like a demon. That's know? right. I think as well Nick um,
1: just as we kind of wrap up t- today as well um, I-, I love what Jesus said in the gospel of John chapter 10 he says that Jesus' words he said he came that he- that we may have life mm-hmm. have it more abundantly, abundantly and yeah. I'd like to answer the question um, for our theme this week is there a place for biblical morality I'd, li- I'd like to say yes not only there is a place but I think it's much deeper than that um I believe that when we are living according to the biblical way of life, which is loving God supremely, putting God first, Mm. loving our neighbor as ourselves, what we're really doing is we are living, according to my perspective from the Bible, we're living out the very purpose of why we exist as human beings. Mm. My perspective, Nick, is that when God created humankind, He created them, as Genesis says, it says in Genesis chapter 1, to reflect His image, His character. And I think the relevance for believers is, is that people in the world are looking for hope. They, they're sick of the hypocrisy and they're sick of just how life just seems so hopeless. They yes. look at the news, there's always some tragedy. They look at their own life. There's just something. We all live,
0: everyone lives some, a life where not, not everything's perfect. And you see, even in this sinful nature, we are able to identify that, uh, yeah. false, um, yeah. uh, you that's know, right. Attitude, yeah, and I guess
1: my uh, answer would be: um, I believe there is a place, but I think according to the Christian worldview, is that when we really know God, that He is a God of love, that He wants a relationship with us. When we recognize, as David says, that that there's nothing good in us, basically, mm. and this is, and to, it's not today's topic, Nick, but it, every topic, in my view. There, is some, there has to be truth in it, and in some way that truth connects to God, because God is the source of truth. So we're talking about morality. I'm saying, hey, it's great to live a good life, and but you know we're talking about biblical morality. And when you put that word, biblical morality, now you're, you're narrowing the focus to really talk about things within Scripture. And I'm just trying to highlight those big things. Yeah. Your picture of God, who we are, what's God's overall will, as as we mentioned, and then as believers, he wants us to share that light with others. Yeah. So, yeah. That, again, that's my best attempt to try mm. and answer that. That there, I think there is a place, and we can only truly love and experience that love when we have God, like you were saying, when we when we have the Lord um, living and working in and through us.
0: Mm. Uh, just before we have our closing thoughts, yeah. uh, well, I I want to uh, mention again our free yeah, yeah, offer for today, and it's a book uh, called. Surprise, Surprised by Love by Elizabeth uh, Viera Talbot. And uh, in this book, uh, you can learn some of the things about love. For for example, when was the last time it happened to you? Perhaps your husband sent you flowers for no reason at all. Maybe your child (laughs) turned around and blew you with a kiss from the steps of the school bus (laughs) or your parents sent you on a cruise just because. And you know, if you read this book, you'll understand how you can maybe put in place those things yeah. and surprise yeah. uh, somebody by your love. And this book is yours, my dear friend. If you send a text message to 488 with a code SA38. And the book Surprised by Love is yours. Now we'll just couple of minutes uh, left here what are the final thoughts in regard to the question which we just uh, asked today uh, what are the uh, foundational uh, pillars of biblical morality but under this aspect you know use and abuse is there a place for biblical morality in the third millennium I think there is a place for biblical morality because
1: because when you use the word biblical morality you're, you're asking the big questions of life And I just want to reiterate what I was sharing at the beginning. Every worldview has, you've got to wrestle with the question of origin, meaning, and morality, and destiny. And I believe that in the Judeo-Christian worldview that those big questions are answered, and Mm. it all culminates in the person of Christ. And that's why I'm here sitting here today, Nick, because the Lord has has changed my life, and He's changed your life, and millions of others. And so I would just appeal to our listeners, um, You know, to read the scriptures, get to know this, this uh, amazing God. Take a gospel, take a, take a, one of the books of the, of the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke or John. Have a read and then just ask yourself the question, um, what do I see here when I look at Jesus? And and I pray that, that, that will start a journey for them that they will see this beautiful God that you and I have experienced and, and many countless others.
0: And my dear friend, uh, you may like to learn uh, more about this subject of biblical morality. And you can send us a text message on the number which we provided you yeah. uh, before. Um, and help us to to learn about uh, some yes. of the things in your life and how can we help and be a family together. But um, that's all f- uh, from us today here from D- Drive Time, BQ&A, uh, with Nick Rita and uh, Pastor Will Moala. We are inviting you to join us again with the question... Uh, God's design for family. Until then, may God richly bless you and have a closer walk with our Lord Jesus Christ. this This program
1: has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.